0: have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey you've come to the right place this is seek discover create with lexi silver presented by sdc in the next hour we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships sexuality and health from the leading sex experts and professionals now here is your host lexi silver Hi, everyone.
1: Welcome to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. Are you interested in experimenting with BDSM? Do you want to add some kinkiness to your relationship but you don't know how and where to start exploring? If you're curious to learn more about the ins and outs of BDSM, you're going to love today's podcast with sexuality educator Sunny Megatron, the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series Sex with Sunny Megatron and co-host and producer of American Sex Podcast. Sunny is going to talk about what BDSM is all about, the roles of a dominant and submissive, and how to start communicating and experimenting with your partner to discover what your kinks are. We're going to talk about how to enjoy BDSM while playing safely, the importance of consent, and using safe words and the benefits of BDSM play. But before we kick off our chat with Sunny Begatron, I just want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you're going to get access to a massive international network and dating platform of over 3 million members worldwide. So we have an extra kinky show for you today here on Seek, Discover, Create. Joining you is my special guest, Sunny Megatron, the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series, Sex with Sunny Megatron, and co-host and producer of American Sex Podcast, which you have to give a listen to after this. Sunny is a very prolific sex and relationship writer and sex toy expert. You've probably read her work featured in Cosmo, Playboy, Jezebel, BuzzFeed, CNN, Refinery29, Playgirl, and you've probably seen her videos on YouTube. She's also a three-time nominee for X-Biz Sexpert of the Year, and she's also been voted Kinkley's Sex Blogging Superhero of 2017, which is quite an apt title, Superhero, like that. Yeah. She's also been named one of the six most savvy sexologists in North America, and we're going to see why during the next hour of this podcast. Welcome, Sunny. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to, you know, spread the good word of kink because, uh, (laughs) you know, we, most of us have a very different idea or misconception about what it's really all about. So I'm doing my part.
1: I love that. And that's exactly why you're here because I, and I I really can't think of anyone better to be here right now talking to us about this exact topic. Uh, I have no doubt that you're going to help us debunk a lot of things that people might think about BDSM, but that are not actually accurate. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. And I know that you have, you've done lots of uh, podcasts and and, and workshops about kink and BDSM. So let's start with the very, very basics. Mm -hmm. What does... BDSM
2: stand for? Okay, the acronym BDSM stands for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, and sadomasochism. So basically, it's an acronym that pretty much covers everything kinky you can imagine. However, when people say, you know, I'm either into BDSM or, oh, no, no, that's not for me. The assumption is to be considered a BDSM practitioner, you have to be into every single letter of the acronym. And that's not true. You could just be into the B. You could like to be, you know, have your hands tied behind your back while you're having sexy time. And that's it. Mm -hmm. You're doing BDSM. (laughs) So if I just like to, you know, be blindfolded while my partner is,
1: yeah, it's, and you're right. It doesn't have to be the everything together. It could be any one Mm -hmm.
2: aspect of it. Right. And when you look at it that way, it's, you know, if everybody listening, think about your own sex life. Have you taken a tie and, you know, tied it around as a blindfold? Have you used it to tie someone's hands to the bedpost? Just maybe if it's like one or two kinky nights, it's your anniversary. (laughs) Guess what? You did BDSM, even though you didn't realize you did or if you like a little, like a little slap on the ass, hey, you're kinky.
1: Oh, hey, well, I know I'm kinky. (laughs) (laughs) So, what do people find appealing about BDSM? Like, what's in it for a dominant? What's in it for a submissive? Like, what's in it for everybody involved?
2: This is very, very subjective, and, you know, again, it's that assumption that we have that, Everyone who is a submissive is into pain and they're masochists and that's what they get out of it. Maybe for some people that's the case. Maybe for some people they don't like pain and they like um, a stern dominant and they like to be punished. Maybe some people and I'm I'm talking I'm going submissive right now. Maybe some people like to serve. Uh, their dominance and adore them and worship them. Other people, maybe as submissives, they like to be worshiped. They want to be the treasured pet. That's kind of put on a pedestal and taken care of. There's all sorts of different reasons. Um, You know, a lot of them are physiological, too. There's been a a number of studies just recently because, you know, science doesn't want to give money for the study of sexy time, Um, (laughs) but there's one group, especially, um, that comes to mind out of Northern University here in Illinois that has done some great work, and some of the things that they're finding is that practicing BDSM, especially um, sadomasochistic behaviors, whether that's physical pain or even mentally sadomasochistic, um, gives people something similar to what you'd find the runners get the runners high, the marathon runners. Mm. It actually does something to our brains. So, I mean, I guess you can call it a high, you know, it's not cocaine or anything. Um, but it does make you feel good, just like doing yoga might or, or working out or whatnot.
1: That's very interesting, and I know um, it, myself, I'm like I said, I'm kinky. Uh, mm-hmm. I've done uh, various things in BDSM, and I know that it does come with that feeling, um, that it really it can't really compare to anything else, and that's very interesting. I want to cover that a little bit with you afterward about one of the benefits of BDSM is being that physiological, that mental uh, reaction. Yeah. Um, that, and it's that's a great thing. And obviously, you want to get that from any kind of play that you do have with any character right. that you have. Yeah. It is a very fun and unique feature of BDSM. hmm So, it's very subjective, um, like you said. Um, and it really depends on the person, what you want to get out of it, and even your mood. Because you might be, like, kind of in the mood, like, one day you want to, like you said, you maybe you just want to... Um, be submissive to your dominant, maybe you're a switch and you kind of, you, you, you play both sides. Right. So in a typical BDSM relationship, who's the one who's really in control? Who really, because it it is kind of like that consensual power play, right? Mm -hmm. Who's, yeah.
2: This is a trick question. I know. (laughs) So, because if you talk to people that are, you know, 101 level proficient in BDSM, they're going to tell you that the submissive holds all the power. And that's because before you do a scene, and this is stuff we don't see in Fifty Shades of Grey. Those are the things we don't see in the BDSM porns. There's lots of negotiation and conversations around consent that occur. Um, However, yes, the submissive does... Make the parameters, the submissive does call the shots, they can call the safe word. However, it's everybody's responsibility. To keep an eye on what's going on, to make sure that you're staying within the parameters. We walk a dangerous slope when we say it's all on the submissive, it's all their responsibility. Because let's say you're doing a heavy duty scene and you psychologically hit maybe a PTSD trigger Mm -hmm. and suddenly you become non communicative. And in your mind, you might want a safe word, but for whatever reason, you can't. Mm -hmm. It's your dominance responsibility to check in with you to know if they know you well to be like you know my sub has a weird far off look in their eye that they usually don't have I'm gonna check in maybe they can't say word. maybe there's something else going on so yes if you're talking in simple terms the submissive you know calls the shots but really it is everybody's responsibility when you get into um BDSM theory and advanced concepts, which I know you're like, BDSM theory, what? Like, I just want to fuck. I don't want to, you know, but really, (laughs) there is a lot of thinking that needs to go into it. A lot of people have heard uh, BDSM, safe, sane, and consensual, SSC. It's the cornerstone of BDSM. And there are a lot of people that, you know, when you really sit back and think about it, take issue with safe, sane, and consensual. Because, well, what is safe? I can walk out my door and a piano could drop on me. Really, nothing is safe. When you look at the word sane, well, that's real subjective too. How do you really define what's sane? Consensual, that's non-negotiable. We have to have that in any type of play. There's another replacement acronym that's called RAC. It stands for Risk Aware Consensual Kink. And this not only encompasses the fact that you might study up on every technique you're doing, you know, let's say you're flogging and you're spanking and you're using all this equipment and you take classes and you really learn and you've really negotiated with your submissive and you know exactly what you're doing, you're still taking a risk. There's always something that can go wrong no matter how safe you've tried to be. So I like that definition of BDSM because it shows you, one, there's no guarantee that things are going to go smoothly across the board all the time, and two, there are many situations where it's not one partner's responsibility or the other's, it's really, it's shared responsibility. We're going to talk a lot more
1: about that, too, because I really want to talk about safety and consent and everything like that and uh, also how to get kinky for the first time. Um, <laughs> and You're going to guide us with that. I'm really, I'm really happy that you're here to talk about this because there's so much. There's, there, there is a lot of theory because you're right.
2: It's not just about fucking. <laughs> right. That's how we mess it up is when we just go straight to the naked bodies and the hitting. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're
1: absolutely right about that. So we're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Lexi Silver. You're listening to SDC's Seek, Discover, Create. And if you're enjoying my show and you're curious to learn more about relationship sex and health or BDSM like we're talking about right now, you just want to find new ways to spice up your sex life, you need to check out SDC.com. You're going to get unlimited access to videos, podcasts, and articles from sex and relationship experts like Sunny Megatron, Dr. Jess, Charlie, and Ariane Williams, who are all going to guide, inform, and entertain you on your erotic journey. You'll find everything you need to discover your own erotic tribe, connect with them in our forums, communities, and social networks, and explore more at SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. With fresh and exciting content added all the time, you'll have a ton of resources to start your exploration and continue along your path to self-discovery. Join over 3 million of our SDC members worldwide to seek, discover, and create with us today. Don't forget to use promo code 7070 for two months of free access on SDC. That's 7070 to get two months free at sdc.com. Stay tuned in and turned on to a sexual evolution here
3: on the Sexy Lifestyle Network.
0: You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com. That's L-E-X-I at sdc.com. Now back to this week's discussion.
1: Welcome back to SDC Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. And joining me is my guest, sex educator, Sunny Megatron, the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series, Sex with Sunny Megatron, and co-host and producer of American Sex Podcast. Before the break, we were talking about uh, the different roles of people who are involved in BDSM and how it's everyone's responsibility to make sure everyone is having a good time, uh, checking in with each other, and that everybody is okay with what is going on. And how part of BDSM is engaging in this amazing acronym that Sunny has just taught all of us, Safe, Sane, and Consensual, SSC, or other people like to say as well, uh, engaging in risk-aware consensual kink, which I think is a really good way to put it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. We were talking a little bit about BDSM before, and like how it's something different. It's very subjective. It is it's different mm-hmm. things to everybody. So, it's you know a lot of people, like you had said before, think BDSM has to be the whole range of 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 activities related to that. So, is it really like let let's let's just say for you know the argument's sake.
2: Is it all whips and chains and dark dungeons? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so that that's the one thing I tell people when they're starting to explore BDSM is everything that the media has fed you about BDSM, like... Decon- get that out of your brain because it's not all, you know, I'm going to wear black and be mean and wear leather. And, <laughs> and think about the things that we see in the media, you know, from Fifty Shades of Grey to, to you know, fetish po- fo- photo shoots. These people, it's usually submissive woman, dominant man, yeah. thin, conventionally attractive, white, leather clad, fancy clothes, very serious And that's not how it is. BDSM can be absolutely anything you want it to be as long as, yes, you do it in the framework of risk-aware, consensual kink, or SSC, whatever acronym you want to use. You do your negotiation. I engage in something called clown play. I dress as a clown and do BDSM. That is as far from serious leather as you can get. So you can make it whatever you want. You know, one of the things about BDSM, you know, when you're reframing how you think about it, this is play. There's a sexuality educator that I absolutely adore named Midori. Her definition of BDSM is uh, childhood play Mm -hmm. with adult privilege and much better toys. (laughs) You know, a.k.a. cops and robbers with fucking. And that's what it is. If you look at BDSM as play first and foremost, and when I say play, I just mean like, oh, play. There is a whole neuroscience dedicated to studying the importance of play. And when we're studying BDSM, like I said, there's not a lot of science out there that actually studies BDSM. So we have to overlay other disciplines onto BDSM to go, oh, maybe this is what's going on. And we all know that play is important. Like when we're we're growing up, we we play to try on different personalities and roles. Like little kittens chase their mom's tail because it teaches them how to, you know, kill mice later. But we also play as adults. I'm a tabletop gamer. I play Dungeons and Dragons. Some of you, yeah. Some of you might uh, do bowling. You might get together with your friends and play spades. You might do, you know, LARPing, that, you know, role play stuff. We play as adults, and it's important. And if you frame your BDSM as another form of play and mental recreation that's an outlet for your creativity, that doesn't have boundaries, you don't have to fit that archetype of like serious leather, you can be whatever you want. Just like when you were a kid playing on the playground, but now you're an adult and you can do fuck things. (laughs) That's what BDSM is. (laughs)
1: so it's just about having a good time yeah yeah and it's it's kind of um
2: I guess you could also frame it as kind of an escape a little bit yes yeah absolutely absolutely it's a mental vacation it's escape It, it helps people recharge so when you look at it that way it's like oh you know when you're first learning kink if you look at it through that lens. It's like, you mean I don't have to be like Christian in the Fifty Shades of Grey movie? Oh, hell no. Please don't. Uh, please, no. <laughs> you know Unless that's your kink. Unless, you know, playing that <laughs> role is your kink, but do it consensually and don't be creepy and abusive. Uh, but that's a whole nother story. Oh, thank you. I think we're talking, we're thinking yeah. the same way about that. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's great. Just like I say, porn is great inspiration, but it shouldn't be a handbook. Like Fifty Shades, If Fifty Shades of Grey got you hot and interested in BDSM, more power to you. I am not going to knock you for that, but Mm -hmm. do not use it as a manual as how to do BDSM because it will lead you astray. It is (laughs) purely fantasy, you know, fapping fodder. That is it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: and thank you for saying that because I know I've spoken to a lot of people who think it's kind of like, that's how it is. And that's not because I, in, like you had mentioned too, it is, you know, can see can be considered as a kind of a model for a, an abusive type of relationship. It's not yeah. how it should be. And I like the way you're framing it as play and as kind of an escape and having a, a really good time um, and just using your imagination. So. That's a great way to put it, especially if you're you're talking to you know your partner about trying something like that for the first time, if you've never engaged in kink before um, or if that's just something that's of interest to you uh, I say kink and BdSM I, I've been saying that interchangeably, hope you don't yeah. mind inside yeah and I, they, know, they pretty
2: thing. much are interchangeable. Yeah. I mean there's going to be some purists that are like, no they're dope. they're the same just. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> A potato, (laughs) potato, whatever. Exactly, exactly.
1: (laughs) So what's the best way? Like if if I'm interested, let's say, in BDSM and my partner's never tried it before, what's a good way for me to kind of get them a little bit intrigued or interested or communicate that that's something that I might want?
2: So first of all, my uh, advice is don't go straight to the bedroom. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. If this is your first conversation and you don't know how to bring it up, Thank goodness we live in the day and age of technology because you could be like, I was flipping through my podcast player and came upon this like Seek, Discover, Create podcast and (laughs) they were talking about BDSM and just like you can even kind of play dumb like, "Hmm," and you know, I never thought about it before. Maybe you've been fap into it every day, but, you know, you can be like, that really got me thinking, and just use that as an excuse, or I was on YouTube, or I read an article, you know, on Bustle, or whatever, BDSM is everywhere, so use that as your excuse to bring it up, and so then if your partner's like, huh, you know, let's talk some more about this, and you actually want to get to the point of, I want to try, You're not obligated to go, okay, I know I want to be the submissive or I know you want to be there or whatever. You don't know. It's okay not to know. You don't have to decide if you're going to be engaging in uh, some of the physical stuff, which is usually like, you know, lights, lights uh you know spanking and paddling you don't have to buy fancy stuff get a hairbrush go to the dollar store get one of those bamboo back scratchers it's a great little you know spanker <laughs> like seriously go to the dollar store get clothesline you can use that for bondage it it doesn't have to be expensive you don't need this fancy stuff and then get together and do um kind of a a exploration night where you're in your living room, you have a bowl of popcorn, you're wearing yoga pants. There is no obligation to be sexy whatsoever and be like, (laughs) Try flogging me. Let's see how it feels. And just get used to the mechanics of it. Get used to hearing your partner. Like, let's say you're spanking, you know, you spank each other. Maybe you don't know who wants to be dominant. And even if you know you want to be dominant, you should know how it feels to be spanked. Yes. You should experience everything you're going to do to someone else. So play both roles and then say like, okay, when I hit you that hard on a scale from one to 10, you know, what does it feel? Oh, it's about a three, which is like, oh, kind of hurts, but okay, is that a good hurt to you? Do you like like this type of pain or that type of pain? Or maybe you don't like the pain. Maybe, hey, let's try tying you up. What do you, what do you think of that? Let's get the saran wrap out and wrap it around your arms and <laughs> do that stuff as just fun play without obligation to be sexy, without obligation to have sex to just try it on for size because then what happens is if the first time you do this is in the bedroom, you're trying to be sexy and you're fumbling with the saran wrap. It goes flying in the air. You flog yourself <laughs> in the eye. But you know, what you, you're like, what, what th- am I hitting them too hard? I don't know. And then you get in your head like, am I doing the right thing? You've already like played with it before. So you have all that stuff out of the way so you can get to being sexy when you do it the second time. You're right. And
1: it takes the pressure off and and you could just focus on the fun and, Mm -hmm. and, and what it actually feels like and your interactions with your partner and making it by taking that, that, that pressure off and getting it out of the bedroom and putting the focus on really the moment, trying out different things like using pervertibles, like wooden spoons or spatulas or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Making it all about the 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 intimacy of that that experience where you just get to
2: enjoy each yeah, other, yeah, yeah, and fuck around a little bit. And it yeah. also brings about the playfulness and the laughter, which I think is really important because when you do BDSM, like it could be your kink that you're like, I really enjoy being very serious and yelling and da da da. But that's just one way of many you can be, and. If you do, you know, this, like, kind of playing around, you know, I call it, like, I do it with a bunch of people. I actually have classes where I call it circuit training in the dungeon, and we have, like, different stations (laughs) set up. And we just, like, try all the things on each other and giggle and laugh and just to see. Um, it, It gives you permission, A, to fuck up. And not let it throw you like as a dominant, maybe I'm doing a scene where I have to be really serious and I do end up swinging the flogger the wrong way. And I flog myself in the face. It happens. If I'm trying to be real serious, I'm going to be like, fuck, like I just, (laughs) I look like an idiot now. But if I know like I can break character with my submissive and go, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that and crack a joke. (laughs) And then go back to jumping into character. It just, it makes things so much easier and so much more fun to have that pressure off of you too. And, and
1: having a good time and, and enjoying play and seeing BDSM as play is part of what it's all about. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love the way you're framing that. And that's a great way to start to experience BDSM together and for the first time and just, just take the pressure off. Just enjoy. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, Oops. and one, one last
2: thing I have to stress is, yeah. it's not all about the sex. Yes, can I give you my? I'll give you my quick little um, uh, analogy. Okay, BDSM is a roller coaster ride, and it's an emotional roller coaster ride. So, as the dominant, it is your job. You're the engineer of this roller coaster, and your submissive is your rider. And before you design this roller coaster, you need to get together with them and be like, what do you like? Do you like dark tunnels? Do you like the flashing lights? Do you like the quarter turns? And they go, I like this, not that. So you get what they want. You get the specs. Then it's your job to go off and design that roller coaster. You don't tell them exactly what you're doing. Of course, do all the things only that specified and you stay within their parameters. But you put those corkscrew turns and things together in a way where for them, it still feels like a surprise. Hmm. So they've dictated everything they want to happen. But you've put it together in a way where it still feels spontaneous and exciting and even almost not negotiated, even though it very much is negotiated. So, and it's all mental. That's all mental. You could bring physical into it. Maybe your physical affects the mental. However, you don't have to have corporal punishment or pain. You don't even have to have sex in your BDSM. It's all about how the physical in whichever way you choose to use it may affect the mental and also how you just have a mental power play with your partner. That's really what it's all about.
1: That's a fantastic analogy. I think it's the best analogy I've ever heard about BDSM. Yay! Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. No, You're I really, really appreciate that. Oh wow. Okay. Well, we're going to be back real soon. We're going to talk more about this um, about this amazing roller coaster of BDSM, and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to get on board. Um, don't go away I'm Lexi Silver listening to Seek Discover Create from SDC and I'm just going to encourage all of you to check out the SDC travel site Uh, Because this May, we are going to be heading to the island of Crete. And you should definitely join us and over 300 SDC members for an erotic escapade that you're not going to forget. This is going to be an interesting one, guys. Indulge in five nights of passion at an all-inclusive Grecian playground with daily parties that are clothing optional pools, a 24-hour inside and outside playroom, and exclusive SDC theme night parties meet sexy like-minded people in the lifestyle and get pampered by the hotel's five-star service with world-class spa multiple bars rooftop restaurant and nightclub to satisfy all your desires join us from may 8th to the 13th for this divine greek adventure book your rooms now at sdc.com we'll be right back with SDC's seek discover create i'm your host lexi silver and don't go away Explore your deeper desires, listen, learn and live sexy here on the Sexy
0: Lifestyle Network. tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion.
1: Welcome back to SDC Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver, and we are here with sexuality expert, Sunny Megatron, the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series, Sex with Sunny Megatron, and co-host and producer of American Sex Podcast. So before the break, we were talking about the roller coaster of BDSM and how amazing and fun it can be when you think of it as being playful, uh using your imagination and your creativity, and really just using it as an outlet um, mm-hmm. in so many different ways. So it's great that we can get kind of outside ourselves a little bit and enjoy it. But there's so many important things to make sure that having your BDSM experience is safe in so many mm-hmm. different ways. So physically and emotionally. And I, I know that, um, you know, the first part of that is establishing consent. So right. let's talk about that. How do you establish
2: consent before and during the experience? It's it's a process and it's something that has to be at the top of your mind all the time. You know, Luckily, right now, most people who pay attention to anything in the media are getting a really good dose of what the consent conversation means with me too and whatnot, whether you are on the side of the person wanting to do something or the person having something done to them. I think we are you know, getting a little bit more comfortable speaking out and laying down boundaries and Others are getting more comfortable knowing like, hey, I might even need to be like, is it okay if I I touch you on the shoulder kind of thing? So when we're talking about, you know, consent down to that level, which some people are like, that's too much. It's really not. You need to keep that in mind for BDSM. So before, you know, like you said, it's before, during, and after. Before you engage in BDSM, there's a lot of negotiation that has to happen. And people are like, oh, God boring. I just want to do the naked fun stuff. You know. <laughs> and But this makes the naked fun stuff fun. Yes. So depending on the kind of scene you do, if you do a, a really light scene where it's like, I'm just going to bend you over my knee and call you naughty and spank you a little, may not require as much negotiation as, you know, I'm going to Uh, tackle you and kidnap you and interrogate you and light your toes on fire, you know, which Mm -hmm. can be a scene. Uh, (laughs) That's going to take a lot deeper negotiation. But the basics of it is you need to have conversations before. So I have, when it's a new partner, Ken and I, my partner and I, we do the the podcast together, we did the TV show together, and we teach together. We developed um, a system called rough BS. So, and that's an acronym. Um, so this helps when you are meeting a partner, let's say for the first time. And you're not even sure if their play style is compatible to yours. So you're not, this isn't for negotiating the very fine points. It's for negotiating kind of the basic structure of a scene. So you go through and for each acronym, you say on a scale of one to 10, how much do you like this thing? So R is restrained. How much do you like to be restrained? And of course, the dominant can say, how much do you like to restrain people? The O, I'm having a Obedience? Complaint. No, no, no. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart right now. (laughs) Um... Owned, owned. There we go, owned. owned. <laughs> how much do you like to be owned? There we go. There you See, go. Just going to roll with it and make fun of myself, even though I'm supposed to be the one who knows what I'm doing right now. Uh, so how much do you like to be owned on a scale from 1 to 10? Then you, how much do you like to be used or use someone else on a scale from 1 to 10? G is given away. Like if you're playing with other people, do you like to be given as like a gift or a reward mm-hmm. or a punishment even? Um, R-O-U-G-H, humiliated which that's, that could be a whole nother podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, it will be. Yeah. And I'll just give you the short of it. We teach uh, like a three hour intensive on humiliation and humiliation is very subjective. And it's not what you think. People think humiliation is like, you're going to hit me where it emotionally hurts, where I'm going to go to that bad place where I got made fun of in grade school. That's not good humiliation. No. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about more playful humiliation and tailoring the humiliation to what that person wants. So, again, that's a whole nother conversation. But just know if you're like, humiliation, no, oh, fuck that, hate it, you probably have a misconception of what it really is. <laughs> 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 so um, the, the B is how much do you like to be beaten and the S is how much do you like to serve. So that gives you mm-hmm. a kind of top-line macro level of like, what types of scenes do you like to engage in versus what type of scenes do I like to engage in and are we compatible? And if so, now I know how much like to make beating you, uh, do I make that a real cornerstone of my scene or do I make that kind of a side thing and really I'm going to focus on like the humiliation because that's what you're really into. So, once you have that framework down, then you get into using a yes, no, maybe list. And I actually have our, our kinky yes, no, maybe list and this rough BS system on a PDF. On, and you can put the link in your show notes. It's If I'm remembering correctly, it's bit.ly, B-I-T dot l y b d s m y n M. And of course, Lexi, I'll check to make sure that's right. And you can Thanks. have the right one in your show notes if that isn't right. <laughs> pretty sure it is. Um, so a yes, no, maybe list has now the specific activities. So now we're looking at this on a micro level. Do you like erotic tickling? Do you like butt sex? Do you like clown play? Do you like, so you go through this list of like a hundred different things. And you can add your own too, but this is a good like starter. And you say, yes, I'm really into that thing. I dig it no, that is a hard limit, red, I'm never going to do it, Uh uh-uh. And maybe like, huh, I'm a little apprehensive, but maybe under the right circumstances, if we talk Mm. about it a little bit more, I might be willing to experiment with this. So you fill out your yes, no, maybe list, which is great to do, even if you don't have a partner, because it helps you discover who you are as a sexual or kinky person, and then you match it up with your partners, and that's another negotiation tool where then you can take the conversation further. So with those two tools, that's a really good framework or foundation for your negotiation conversations. If it's a simple scene, maybe it's one conversation. If it's, I'm going to kidnap you and light you on fire, it may be a series of conversations over a number of days. And then once you negotiate Something is, it's not like, you know, a contract with your lawyer. It's not set in stone. (laughs) You can revoke your consent at any time. You could say like, hey, I want you to light my toes on fire. And then, you know, the person can be holding the flame and be like, ah, and you can be like, no, (laughs) I am not feeling it now. And if you're the dominant, doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter. Oh, come on. Why not? But you said a no is a no. Yes. Same with the dominant. And people don't really think about the dominant when they think about negotiation. They say, well, the submissive calls all the shots. They make all the parameters, right? Well, yes and no, because the dominant also has to do with their enjoying, right? Yes. So I'll give you an example. There's something called brat play, where the submissive is a brat. And you're you're like, oh, I know this. Like, I think, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... It may be in a scene as a dominant, I can say, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, Yes, mistress, da, da, and you just do it. Or if you're a brat, you're like, make me. Mm-hmm. Make me do it. And it's that playful, like, we're gonna fight it out kind of thing. Ultimately, I'm gonna win, but <laughs> you're gonna you know, you're it's it's a part of our, our dynamic that you're doing that. Uh, that needs to be negotiated because some dominance they hate it. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of submissives don't think about, like, I need to negotiate some of my actions with my dominant to make sure that that's okay too. So, just keep that in mind when you're negotiating. And this is a really great way too.
1: If you've never, if you're in kind of a little bit into BDSM, you're just starting to think about it, really exploring all of the different possibilities and things that you might want to do, and matching it up too with your partner to make sure that you guys are on the same page before you get started. So you're really having the maximum fun that you could possibly have together.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And something that you said that I just want to reiterate, no matter what you say, it's not written in stone. If you're not okay with it, you feel uncomfortable for any reason throughout, you can revoke your consent at any time. No right. is no. And okay. that's, that's just how it is. And that is a, the, the most important thing to remember that through, throughout you know, whatever scene it is that you're doing, if you don't feel safe, you don't feel comfortable, whatever the case, no is no.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to safe words, most of us have heard that, you know, it's a word, a random word that you call that stops the scene or whatever. Um, Those are important. I'm not going to say they're not important. Um, However, there's two things I want to say about safe words. Using a graduated safe word system is oftentimes better than just like banana means stop or whatever. So what I mean is red is stop, stop the scene, red. Yellow is I'm almost at red, like back off a little, like don't go any more intense or I'm going to red. And green is like, oh, I like that. Keep mm-hmm. like, this is great. I am in my zone. So it gives not only the negative feedback, but also the positive feedback as well. And also remember, and we touched on this you know, earlier, safe words again are written in stone if someone is zoning out and or triggered by a ptsd trigger or whatever they might not be able to say word. um maybe they can't remember their safe word and they're like no and it's not a game where it's like but you didn't say purple banana so <laughs> i'm gonna keep <laughs> you know <laughs> and there are some people that say that you know they choose to play without safe words and at first people are like oh that's horrible But sometimes when people say they choose to play without safe words, it's because they don't need them. Because when someone says no, they stop. Yeah. If someone says a little harder, a little they listen. So safe words are really important where you're doing like, let's say that brat play, that contested play where you're like, no, no, stop it. It hurts. But really, it doesn't. You want them to keep going and it's a role play. Then you need that safe word to know, is the no acting or is the no really a no? But if it's kind of a straight kind of plain scene without that role play, you can just use, no, stop. Yes, more to the left, to the right. And it's exactly as long as you,
1: I, there is a point in time where if you notice uh, or your partner intimates to you that they, they don't want to continue, then you then it's over. The, whatever it is that you're doing is over. So it, yeah, it doesn't really matter what it is that you're using to, to communicate that to your partner as long as there is that point uh, that you know, uh, that you can trust that your partner will stop or you will right. stop if right. you notice your partner is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get back into that. We're going to talk a little bit more about how to make sure uh, your playtime can be as safe and fun as possible. A couple of other little fun tidbits about BDSM right after we get back. So don't go away. I'm Lexi Sylvia, listening to SDC Seek, Discover, Create. And I'm just going to remind you that if you are enjoying my show, if you are curious to learn more about sex, health, and relationships, or you just want to find new ways to spice up your sex life, check out SDC.com. You'll get unlimited access to videos, podcasts, and articles from sex and relationship experts like Sunny Megatron, Dr. Jess, Charlie and Arianne Williams, to name a few. And you'll find everything you need to discover your own erotic tribe and connect with them in our forums, communities, and social networks, and explore more at SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. With fresh and exciting content added all the time, you're going to have a ton of resources to start your exploration and continue along your path to self-discovery. Join over 3 million of our SDC members worldwide to seek, discover, and create with us today. Just don't forget, use your promo code 7070 to get two months of free access to SDC.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC.com. We'll be right back with Seek, Discover, Create.
0: Sexy is back, and we've got it going on all the time here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com. That's lexi at sdc.com. Now, back to this week's discussion. Welcome back
1: to SDC Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver, and I'm here with my guest, sex educator, Sunny Megatron, the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series, Sex with Sunny Megatron, and co-host and producer of American Sex Podcast. So we were just having a great conversation about keeping it safe and fun uh, for yeah. everybody involved by making sure that you're, you're setting boundaries, that you're matching up with the things that you want to do, uh, both dominant and submissive. So Sunny just gave us an amazing negotiation tool um, called ROUGH BS, which stands for Restraint Owned, Used, Given Away, Humiliated, Beaten, and Served. So, giving you an idea and your partner an idea of the things that you are and are not comfortable doing. Uh, So, we're going to give you a link to that later so you guys can uh, take a look at that too on your own um, and use that in your own uh, BDSM negotiations. But part of also the safety part and fun part of BDSM is making sure that uh, everything is copacetic. So, we know that playtime can be dangerous if you really don't know what you're doing. Um, And... What's a good way to make sure that people are being safe during play on, you know, physical and emotional levels?
2: Well, you know, like I said before, there's no guarantee 100% that you are always going to be safe. The best you can do is do your due diligence to, you know, know what you're doing technique wise, negotiate like a badass, like do, do all the things right, but even when you do all the things right sometimes unexpected things happen. You know, it could be a place that you go emotionally. It could be an accident during the scene. There's there's all sorts of things that can happen. So I think being cognizant of that and knowing that if something goes wrong, that's now something that kicks you back. You know, it kicks you out of the scene. It kicks you out of your you know headspace of playing and you're back into... You know, not even negotiation, but more of the aftercare or the deconstructing or the, you know, sometimes your aftercare is a, hey, let's figure out what went wrong conversation because you can have in your head, this is going to be some magical scene and all this stuff is going to happen and you can do everything like you planned. And you could end up being in a horrible headspace afterwards like, how the hell did that happen? Um, So just knowing that those things are possibilities and that you need to have a good rapport with your partner and you need to be able to keep those lines of communication open before, during, and after. And when I say after the scene, I don't mean the hour after. It could be weeks, you know, days, weeks, months after a scene that you may need to process with your partner. That's a really
1: good point, and it because it is an emotional and psychological experience to go through. Um, and pretty much any kind of sex, but especially BDSM, because you are kind of um, also exploring things in a different way than you right. would during regular sex. Um, it's very that is a great point. That yeah, it could take a longer time to process, and that's okay. Yeah, as long as you and your partner are are. Willing and able to talk about what's going on and to work through it together. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a bit more, though, about aftercare because this is like a really important. Um,
2: this is this is really a, a very yeah. important part. What does that consist of exactly? Again, that's something that's super subjective. If you, you know. Listen to someone who gives you the basics. They may lead you to believe that aftercare is get a warm, fuzzy blanket, pat your submissive on the head, and tell them, you know, oh, you did good, and hug them. Maybe for some people, that's great aftercare. Maybe for other people that will make everything worse. You know, aftercare can, there's a whole spectrum of aftercare and it can look like anything. Um, My husband, Ken, has a partner. Their aftercare isn't to be reassured, talked to. Their aftercare is to be objectified in the form of human furniture. They want to suddenly just be like an ottoman where the dominant rests their feet up on them and they just like zone out and they're in their head. And that's the kind of aftercare they want. So, If you're an experienced player and you're used to this negotiation, you're used to the feelings that you have because, you know, all these things happen to your brain chemicals. You know, we talked about like the runner's high and all these things that are happening in your body and suddenly you have this like physiological chemical crash that happens and you can feel really out of sorts and not predict how you're going to feel if you've been through this before, talk to your partner. Like, yes, I need to be objectified. I don't want you to talk to me. I don't want you to cuddle me. That's not my thing. Or yes, I need you to to cuddle me for like a couple hours and make me some hot soup and check in with me, call me every, you know, 12 hours for the next week. If you're a new player and you don't know what your aftercare is, leave room for that. Be like, I don't know what I'm going to need. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to communicate it to you because a lot of times you don't realize what aftercare you need until it's like four days later and you've come out of it and you're like, oh, that's why I felt so shitty. That's what I needed. And you might have to go through that hard time the first time to really figure out what suits you. So being aware that aftercare is important, it can be a very profound psychological process. There are some people that not only have mental symptoms, but have physical symptoms. They can be shaking. They could kind of feel like they have the flu because again, all this stuff is happening inside their body. Mm -hmm. So to be cognizant of that and to also be cognizant of the fact that there is no one way to do aftercare, there is no time limit on aftercare. I have a submissive that I play with that um, you know, he commonly gets like either it's a it's good or bad. And we can have a great scene and he could just have a bad, like, you know, the next day he'll really depressed. And but think about like if you were on this emotional high and you're kind of prone to depression and then suddenly you crash, that can throw you into a depressive episode. So know that like Brains are complicated. Like when we have bruises on our bodies, we can see them and we know what to do. We can say, oh, I need an ice pack or, oh, I need to rest a little. And When you have bruises inside mentally, you can't see them and they don't act like how you would think they would act. You know, as people, we're not very emotionally literate. Mm-hmm. we're not very mental health aware we're very scared of what happens to us psychologically so we have to have the the wherewithal the emotional intelligence the whatever it is the communication skills to actually go A thing is happening. Let's think about it. Let's process it. Now let's communicate that to my partner and then they they can receive it and process it and try to do what's good for me. So aftercare isn't a pat on the head. It's It's a thing. It is a thing. So just be aware of that. And the more
1: you're talking about this, and it is a very uh, visceral and 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 psychological experience to go through um, any BDSM scene, and it could bring up good things and bad things and a mix of things and things you didn't even expect, and uh, it could last for a long time, and it could also be a a really good way to uh, release emotion and experience things in a different way that you might not. ever really experience otherwise because Mm -hmm. you are kind of taking that step back um, or that step uh, kind of outside yourself to experience things in a different way. So, can BDSM be
2: considered therapeutic in a way? Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't say BDSM can be therapy. Therapy is therapy. Yes. Can it be therapeutic? Absolutely. You know, there are some people, many people, That might work out past traumas uh, with BDSM. There are, you know, one of the things that you hear and like, you know, trigger warning, we're going to talk about some little bit of sexual assault here. But one of the things you commonly hear, studies have shown us one of the most common fantasies for women are rape fantasies. And on the surface, people are like, oh, that's horrible. What is wrong with me? Why would I fantasize about that? But then if you frame it in a therapeutic sense, for some people, and again, there's no across the board one way, Mm -hmm. but for some people, let's say you've gone through a traumatic sexual experience. And when you went through that experience, you didn't have control over it. The outcome wasn't your choice. The outcome may have been horrific. You were left with those mental scars, maybe physical scars. Some people find reenacting that where suddenly they're in control. They've laid down the parameters. They can predict the outcome. Maybe they can dictate what kind of aftercare and closure that they get from that experience. Some people can find that profound Boundly therapeutic. And that isn't even in the case of, you know, sexual assault is a very extreme case, but I think a lot of people listening can relate to that because a lot of us are like, oh yeah, I've had those fantasies. Not, I, they scare me. I've been afraid to tell people because I think what's wrong with me. It could also be the same case in, you know, there are men who enjoy small penis humiliation called SPH. And for a lot of people, they're reliving those traumatic teenage years where, and maybe the, these people aren't, you know, small, you know, compared to the average, but they got teased in the locker room or a girlfriend made fun of them or a rumor got started. So now they're kind of reliving that humiliation in a more healthy container Mm -hmm. that they can control. So again, not all BDSM, you know, taps into these deep psychological things and BDSM is not a replacement for actual therapy. However, some people can find it profoundly therapeutic. I think that's an amazing way to
1: put it. It is not a replacement for therapy, but yes, it can it can help you work out a lot of things that in in a in a safe controlled way uh that you get to decide the boundaries and the parameters that you want to live in.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. And and also in another respect, it can be like, I always tell couples if they're getting into something, like, you know, don't dive into swinging because you think it's going to save your relationship because that ship is going <laughs> to sink, you know. Yes. Um, however, you know, if you want to, you know, maybe your communication skills are okay, BDSM can help you kind of brush up on your communication skills and mm. solidify them because you you are forced to communicate with your partner on such like a macro level and forced to communicate really hard things that might be difficult to say. You know how it is with a partner? Like there's something you've been wanting to tell them forever, but it's just, it's in your head. You keep it, you're like, I can't, I can't. And the minute you say it, you're like, that was easy. That's it. Why was I so freaked out about that. Once I just said it, everything's fine. BDSM forces you to continually have those conversations. So you can carry the new communication skills that you've learned over into other parts of your relationships. So yeah, in a sense, it can be, you know, maybe preventatively therapeutic in a communication Hmm. sense. That's a really that yeah. that's a good insight. I or even like even honestly, with my kids. And I know you're like, well, BDSM kid. No, but the the communication technique, the, you know, I actually use safe words with when we're having an argument and people are heated and we're like, I'm slamming my door and screw you and I hate you. And da da da. That's when we know to call the scene. And okay. so we have like a safe word like this argument is going nowhere. Red. I'm going to my room for 20 minutes, we're going to step away, and then we're going to come back with a clear head, and we're going to talk about this in a more emotionally healthy way. I've taken that directly from what I've used in BDSM. You can use those communication tools at work, you can use those communication tools with your friends, like it, you can use it in every part of your life.
1: So BDSM has so many practical applications outside Absolutely. of just the realm of sexuality. Yeah, I like that. Just don't that. flog people at work. <laughs> no. no, that is bad. Not that part. Just the communication tools. <laughs> it's a good thing to keep in mind. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, we're getting to the end of our show, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming. How mm-hmm. can people reach out to you? Okay, so...
2: So much to offer. You have so many great videos and everything. How can people find you? So the main hub is just SunnyMegatron.com. You can find you know links to my YouTube and my social media and my articles and whatnot. And, and, and the TV show as well, Sex with Sunny Megatron on Showtime. The thing that I have been immersing myself in for the last year and a half is American Sex Podcast. So you can get a link to that right on my Sunny Megatron website or just go to AmericanSexPodcast.com. Not only do we talk about all of this stuff, we have you know, guests, some of the the finest minds and in, in sexuality and kink in the world. Um, we also do fun stuff. Like I like to be a sex toy fairy godmother and I like to give things away. So I'm always like doing giveaways and contests and, and whatnot. And our latest thing is we just created a uh, subreddit for American Sex Podcast where everybody can come and whether you want to talk deep, more deeply about subjects on the show or just ask like, hey, I've got a random sex question. Let's talk about it. Um, that's a subreddit that's just called American Sex Podcast on, on reddit.com. And that's
1: amazing. I love your podcast. I love Thank listening you. to you and your. You have great guests on. I, it's, it's fantastic, and uh, yeah, and there's a there's a whole bunch of them, uh, guys. If you if you've never listened to Sunny's podcast, definitely um, give it a listen. Go back to the first episode. No, go back to like the thirtieth episode. 30th? We're getting really? we're
2: gonna feet wet. The first few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Still
1: so much valuable content. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for all of this amazing uh, insight into BDSM. We're going to definitely have you back and we're going to get into some serious nitty gritty the next time. (laughs) Thank
2: you for having me. This has been fun.
1: It was my pleasure. Don't forget to tune in on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the sexy lifestyle network for my next show. Don't forget. You can learn more about sex, health and relationships as you seek yourself discover together and create moments at sdc.com thank you for joining me lexi silver on sdc seek discover create until next time stay
3: lexual people hey sexy people if you're ready to start your sexual evolution we've got some amazing prizes to give away some of the great prizes include womanizer the most advanced pleasure product for stronger longer and more intense orgasms SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget, Throws of Fashion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at infothexylifestyle.com with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like.
0: We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host Lexi Silver on another erotic journey next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality.